This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Do you know true joy? True joy is separate from following God. It's ridiculous to believe that without God and absolutes, there is no real point to life. We can make ourselves happy. It's short-sighted to believe that Christ is the exclusive way to God and happiness. Find joy apart from God. No human is able to seek God and know Him. No one who follows Christ has joy. They're lying to you if they say God desires you to have joy. No one can follow God and be happy. Don't believe them when they say people really can have meaning to their lives. It's all about you. It's a lie when they say it's all meaningless. Afford time for excessive leisure. Make a name for yourself. Acquire lots of possessions. Get a great paying job. Increase your education beyond any of your peers. They claim to know what matters most. They don't understand. It's pointless. On your own, you'll find unknown and inconceivable happiness. The godly are designed for a life of hypocrisy. A wasted life. Listen to what you'll have without God. There can be joy in eating and drinking and living life. You can think and dream and plan. With God, there's no happiness. Don't listen when they say, we were made to make much of God. If someone really loves you, they make much of you. Don't believe the distortion that God cares about you, a tiny speck in the universe. There is such a thing as reality. And it's exactly the opposite. There is such a thing as reality. God cares about you, a tiny speck in the universe. Don't believe the distortion that if someone really loves you, they make much of you. We were made to make much of God. Don't listen when they say, with God, there's no happiness. You can think and dream and plan. There can be joy in eating and drinking and living life. Listen to what you'll have without God. A wasted life. A life of hypocrisy. The godly are designed for unknown and inconceivable happiness. On your own, you'll find it's pointless. They don't understand. They claim to know what matters most. Increase your education beyond any of your peers. Get a great paying job. Acquire lots of possessions. Make a name for yourself. Afford time for excessive leisure. It's all meaningless. It's a lie when they say it's all about you. People really can have meaning to their lives. Don't believe them when they say no one can follow God and be happy. God desires you to have joy. They're lying to you if they say no one can follow God.
follows Christ has joy. Seek God and know Him. No human is able to find joy apart from God. Christ is the exclusive way to God and happiness. It's short-sighted to believe that we can make ourselves happy. There is no real point to life without God and absolutes. It's ridiculous to believe that true joy is separate from following God. Do you know true joy? Isn't it amazing how quickly we can get life backwards? Yeah. First time I saw that, I was just confronted with how completely opposite there are two viewpoints in life, and one that is that just takes you away from God. And I was also amazed at how quickly, as Christians, even subconsciously, we can get drawn into that mindset, and we can end up chasing what doesn't really match with reality. I opened up a website this week. Some of you have seen on the Discovery Channel a program called Mythbusters. They're starting a brand new series, you know, this season. So I just pulled up their homepage, and I wanted to read to you the very, the very first words on their website. Listen. So you're minding your own business, filling up your gas tank, when your cell phone rings. Hmm. Should you answer it? Because you've heard you shouldn't use cell phones near gas stations since they can produce small sparks that could ignite big fires. But wait, could that actually be true? Sounds like a job for Mythbusters. It's a tough job separating truth from urban legend, but Mythbusters are here to help. Now, I'm not here to actually debate that particular thing. I suppose you would have to ask somebody who really knows about cell phones and gas pumps. But you know, there's a phrase in there I want you to think about for just a minute. And it's the next to the last phrase. It's a tough job separating truth from urban legend. That, my friends, is true. It is hard. Because there are many things in life that seem to be true, but they're not actually true. And there are many things in life that on the surface would not seem to be true, but they actually are true. Now, if life was just obvious, and anybody could figure it out, and it just made sense always, God would have had no reason to write the Bible for us. He would have just said, open your eyes and figure it out. Anybody can. But the reason that he wrote the Bible is because he recognizes that in all of us, there are things that seem to be true. And, and, and they seem to be so true that we're willing to invest our lives in them only to find out they aren't actually true. The writer of the book of Proverbs said it like this, There's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. I don't know about you, but I'd like to stay off of that way, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's not going anywhere that I really want to go. I don't want to do anything in my life that leads to the destruction of my life. And so I want to invite you this morning. We're going to talk about a subject, and you've already seen it on the cover of your program, and that is the source of a joy-filled life. I want to talk to you about that, and I want you to understand that right up front, you and I have been influenced to believe things about the joy-filled life that aren't necessarily true, and you saw them delineated in that video. 
that somehow, you know, God's kind of good for you when you die. But while you're living, it's kind of a burden you have to carry so that things go well for you when you die. That's just not true. And we're going to talk a lot about that this morning. So before I get into that, I want to say a couple of things. First of all, if you, uh, those of you who are new, my name is Ron, and I'm the senior pastor of New Life. And I'm going to speak with you for the next 30 minutes or so about that particular subject. But to help you along, on the inside of your program, there's a a half sheet of notes with fill-in-the-blank phrases on them that will help you, guide you through, and also help you remember what we talk about this morning because I think you're going to want to remember it. uh, Otherwise, I'm just up here wasting my time and your time. So I'm glad that you came and I hope that this is a learning experience for you. Uh, I want to say one other thing to those of you who were here last week, and that as we talked about needing help, as we have this huge challenge that's coming up, we have, uh, let's see, one more week of one service, because August the 24th, we're going to two services uh, to get ready for the grand opening, which is September the 7th, and everybody coming back from vacation, at which time there'll be too many people to get in this room at one time, so... Enjoy this week and enjoy next week and then get ready for August the 24th. And we said we needed a lot of volunteers. We still need volunteers, but I do want to tell you this. 75 different people responded last week and signed up to help in ministry. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's an awesome thing. For those of you who weren't here, yes, that's well worth that. For those of you who weren't here last week, or maybe you thought about it all week, but you didn't actually circle one of those things on the card, uh, take your communication card, look at the front. There's about halfway down, there's a place called Service Opportunities. Three specific areas in which we need help. One area is children's and youth ministry, especially birth through, let's say, sixth grade. Uh, We have two wonderful ministries, Kids Life Ministry, Kids Construction Zone. I just went back and shut the doors a few minutes ago because the kids in the Kids Construction Zone were having such a great time with their memory verse. You could hear it in the back of the auditorium. That's through two walls you could hear. And uh, they're having a great time. Uh, So uh, that's a great ministry. The Kids Life Ministry is birth up through about age five. takes place in that part of the building. And uh, uh, many of you have signed up for that. We still need a few more. Actually, in those two ministries alone, we needed 42 volunteers. So uh, we're well on the way to, to doing that, but we'd like to finish that strong. People came in this week and worked at laying carpet and getting the secondary auditorium ready to go. And uh, we've had some people volunteer to do some things on the kitchen. Still more, many more things we want to get done between now and September the 7th. So if you've got any skills at working uh, with your hands, and it could be anything from laying carpet, you say, well, I've never laid carpet. I- I'm pretty sure that no one who laid carpet this week had actually laid carpet before. Uh, that, that's the great thing about carpet squares. Uh, anybody can do that. Once we get you started in a straight line, all you got to do is just keep pushing them back and getting them tight, and it takes care of itself. We still have a little bit more carpet to lay, so uh, in the center of the card where it says other, you can write buildings or grounds, and uh, we'll be glad to call you this week. And then the last area that we need help in is uh, getting the building ready. When you come in here, there's communication cards and pencils, 
either on your chairs or in the, in the back of the chair in front of you. And the, the chairs are all set up. Yesterday, there was a wedding that took place in here. And uh, a couple from the church got married. It was, it was a lot of fun. And it was all set up, first of all, for the wedding and then tables everywhere and people uh, eating and, and dancing and so forth. And, but somebody had to come back in and set it all up and get it all ready for you this morning and, and ushers and greeters and all that. So on, on the part of the center part of the card that says service opportunities, if you'd be willing to be an usher or a greeter or help prepare refreshments or set up chairs or put the communication cards out, anything like that, you can circle the thing that says Sundays. And uh, we just keep working at that until we get our volunteer forces all completely filled so that all the new people that God wants to bring into this church, that we have this place ready for them so that they can be well-received as you have been well-received. Now let's talk about the source of a joy-filled life. Let me give you a biblical perspective because many people have this, this feeling that God's sort of like a celestial ogre who runs things in a way that make him happy, but not necessarily make you happy, but because he's God and you're a human being, uh, you're stuck. And that's the way it has to be. Listen to what the Bible has to say. Jesus said this, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. Most of the time when you say to people, how about the commands of Jesus? Does that sound like fun? Most often, anything that says command, we're suspect about, correct? Because we don't usually connect commands with joy. But notice what Jesus said. Now, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete, may be full, means all the way full. Let me read another passage to you. In fact, I'm going to read five of them here. God has shown us his kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with what? Joy. That's what God wants for you. Romans chapter 14, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Spirit. Let me read you another one. What has happened to all your joy? That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Paul's writing to these churches in Galatia, and he recognizes that there's something very unhealthy about their church and about their Christianity. And what's the first question he asks them? What happened to your... Yeah. Whenever I read that, I'm reminded of the story of a guy who was traveling to a place where he had never been, and the only thing he knew... Um, was that someone's going to pick him up. He happened to be a pastor, and he was going to this place, and it was said that someone was going to pick him up, and he didn't know who was going to pick him up, and the guy that was going to pick him up didn't know what he looked like and somehow didn't have a picture. So the guy shows up at the airport, and he's just looking for whoever you know might look like a pastor. And he walks up to this one guy, and he said, Are you the pastor I'm supposed to pick up? And he looked at him and said, No, I just have an upset stomach. Boy, now that was a comment on that guy's experience at church, right? Yeah, I think Paul would say, what happened to your joy? 
Because the one thing that should be the earmark of every Christian, it should be that this, this wonderful sense of joy that just bubbles out of their life. Let me read you one more. Paul writes to Timothy, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud nor to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. You probably picked that up in the video we just saw. Yeah, that's not, it's not that money's bad, just don't trust in it. Because if you're looking to money and possessions to make you happy, and by the way, if you ever listen to any of the lottery commercials and you actually believe that stuff, come into the office and let me pray for you so that reality can actually settle over you. Yeah. He says, now teach people not to trust in money. Because if you look to it for happiness, you're going to be disappointed. Their trust should be in God. Now, I want you to underline how this this verse ends. Who richly gives us everything for our enjoyment. When you start to look at life like that, and whatever blessings God allows you to have, whether it's a new car or a used car, it really doesn't make any difference. When you see it as a blessing from God... There's a joy that comes with it that that doesn't reside in the thing. It resides in the God who gave you the thing. When you see God as the giver of all good things, it does a couple of things for you. One is it enables you to enjoy it more. And secondly, if somehow in the course of life it's taken from you, You're not nearly so bitter about it because you recognized that your joy wasn't wrapped up in it, but your joy was wrapped up in the one who gave it to you. We're going to see very clearly how God lays this all out in the book of Psalms. Okay, But that's the biblical perspective and the biblical teaching. Now, let's go down to Psalm chapter 33 and begin to read what God would say to us through David. David starts out this psalm by saying, Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to Him on the ten-string lyre. Boy, don't you wish they would have come up with a better name for that musical instrument? Have you ever felt like you've known a few ten-string lyres? Yeah, that's bad, all right. I probably ruined that word for you. I'm sorry. Anyway, sing to Him a new song play skillfully and shout for joy. I was standing in the back just a few minutes ago and I was singing kind of at the top of my lungs, but I was also listening to you sing at the top of your lungs. Sing Alleluia. Sing Alleluia. We were just doing that. It was beautiful. It was wonderful because we're responding to the God who's been so good to us. David said, now that's a great, great thing. And here's the very first lesson or principle that we should learn from this about joy. And that is God intends for our lives to be filled with joy. You know, I, I, want, you to, I want you to connect God. I want you to connect intends. I want you to connect filled. And I want you to connect joy. you got to put all four of those together before you understand the truth. God doesn't want you to just know a little bit of joy once in a while. 
But God's intention, it's not accidental that you might find joy in life. It's God's stated intention that you would find and discover joy in this life. And He wants you to understand that He's the source of that. And as Bob mentioned earlier, it's that joy that you get from God that becomes your strength in every phase of life. Now you see, there's really only two options. God, in all the scriptures that I've read to you so far, it should be very clear to you that God intends to fill you with joy. And yet, so many of us either grew up or somehow have been subtly influenced to believe that God and joy just don't quite come in the same package. God and somberness do. That God and strictness do. That God and demands do. But certainly not God and joy. Now, that kind of leaves us only two options. When God says it's His intent to fill us with joy, that either He's lying to us, or we've been deceived into thinking that that's not true. This morning, God wants to challenge even your subconscious thought processes about His work in your life. Is there anybody out there who really enjoys paying insurance premiums? It'd be nuts if you did. No offense to any insurance people out there, all right? But anybody that sits down with a checkbook and says, you know, this is my favorite check to write every month. I just love writing insurance checks. But you know something? We write them because we recognize even though the experience of writing them is not particularly one we enjoy, we recognize the value of insurance in our life. Can I tell you that all too often people look at their Christianity and their faith as sort of an insurance premium? They go to church kind of to make that check out to the Lord so that somehow if some disaster overtakes them, they feel like they have the right to get on their knees and pray to God and somehow He will answer them. Can I tell you how, how sad that makes God's heart? Now, think with me for just a minute, those of you who have children. Do your children ever look at you as a joy stealer? When you come out with a guideline for the family, for everybody's good, <laughs> do they look at you like, oh, thanks. That's going to be a fun one. Of course. There are times when children think that their parents are the primary joy stealers of their lives. And they think, how do you come up with those? I couldn't be possibly that mean if I tried. Yeah. And yet, truth be known, sometimes when we pick up God's Word and we read the commands of Jesus and we look at them and we think, yeah, there God goes, stealing my joy. Okay, understand this. Sometime we need to grow up in life. You know what I mean by that? We look at our children and when they accuse us of stealing their joy and being mean because of some guideline we've come out with that we know is good for them, and we say to them, why can't you just grow up? 
You know what God wants to say to us sometimes? The same. Why can't you just grow up and recognize that if I put something in my word, I'm not trying to steal your joy. I'm actually trying to protect it. Because you want to do all sorts of things that seem right to you, but in the end, those are the things that will steal your joy. So right up front, God wants us to know it's His intent that we would just love life. Now let's go to the next section in this book of Psalms, in this particular psalm. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all He does. By the way, in the video you saw that kind of the common belief out there is there can be no happiness where there are absolutes because absolutes limit people, right? Right? When it was read the wrong way, and then when it was read the right way, there could be no happiness without those. Here's right where God starts. The Word of the Lord. Okay, This is where He talks about, if you want real joy, this is the foundation you've got to build it on. The Word of the Lord is right and true. He's faithful in all He does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice, and the earth is full of His unfailing love. By the Word of the Lord's, the heavens were made, their starry hosts, By the breath of his mouth, he gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. There's a couple of things that I want you to understand about this. Okay, The principle is this. Let's take a look at principle number two. God's promises expressed to us in his word are the foundation for our joy. Have you ever been deceived? Sure you have. You went to a job interview and you heard the HR person describe this job. And you get all jacked up and excited about that job. And once you got it, you wonder if the HR person had ever even been to that department. Because the job they described and what you found when you got there bore no resemblance to each other. And now you're suffering through a job that you can't stand. I flew to Hawaii one time to do a wedding for a young lady. Got there, and I got a phone call with a terribly distressed young lady on the other end of the line. I'm so sorry that I asked you to come. I just discovered that my fiancé has a whole other life I didn't know anything about. You know, that's where the songwriter wrote the old song, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart? I can tell you for sure that one of the greatest joy stealers in life is being deceived. Is believing something to be true that turns out not to be true. Investing in something that turns out not to be worth your investment. Giving your life to someone who turns out to be unworthy of your trust. It hurts. It's not fun. You know what God says right up front? 
If you're going to build your joy on something, you want to make sure you build your joy on something you know you can count on and it won't change. Because when you lean on it and it gives way, it's not happy. So you know what God says? I want to tell you right up front, every promise that I've made to you, you can take it to the bank because I'll never, ever, ever retract that promise. You've got my word on it. It's true. The word of the Lord is true and just. So I want to tell you that the Bible says over and over again, if you want real joy in your life, you've got to build it on the foundation of God's Word because it's God's Word and His promises expressed to us that provide the real sense of joy in this life. And it's a great way to live. When you anchor your life to anchor points that hold firm then you get a great sense of security in life. And I would submit to you where there's no security, there can be no real or lasting joy. If you had a friend who jumped off of a skyscraper and laughed all the way down, would you feel sorry for him or her? Of course you would. Because you would know that though they may enjoy the first few seconds, there's horrendous destruction that awaits them. And you would say, how deceived, how terribly deceived. God says to us, I want you to know right up front that it's three things that he mentions in this passage. And you can just kind of write these words in your margin. I want you to, if you would. The first one is the word righteousness. He talks about the word of the Lord is right. And the second concept is the, is the concept of justice. The word of the Lord is just and true. And the third concept is the world, the earth, is filled with His unfailing love. So write the word love down. And then I want you to imagine with me, just for a minute, I want you to imagine with me a family or a marriage or a community or a church where those three things reign supreme. Let's take righteousness. You see, the opposite of righteousness is immorality and things that are unethical. Can you imagine a community where nothing immoral or unethical ever took place? Can you imagine a family where nothing unethical or immoral ever took place? Now imagine with me the second word, and that's the word justice. And the opposite of justice, let's say, would be crime. Can you imagine with me a community, a family, a home, a marriage, a church, where no crime ever took place? You never had to lock your doors. You never had to worry about something disappearing from your yard. You never had to worry about the safety of your children or your wife or or your parents and grandparents. You never had to worry about the safety of anyone because there was no such thing as crime because everyone there was tuned into God's promises and His commands and they lived fully by them. Now imagine this, a community or a family that was filled with God's unfailing love. You know what that would mean? That there's no such thing as hate in that community. There's no form of bigotry. 
There's no form of hatred. There's not even such a thing as neglect. Because friends, oftentimes the opposite of love is neglect. There's no child who's neglected. There's no aging parent who's neglected. There's no poor person who's ever neglected. Can you imagine with me a community like that? What do you think the joy level would be in a community where there was no crime and there was no immorality and nothing unethical was ever done and no one was ever neglected and there was no form of hate? You think the joy level might be pretty good? That's what God says. You're never going to find joy if you chase it in an automobile or a car or some form of power or beauty, even though all those things God gives to us for our enjoyment, you can't build your joy on them. Because real joy comes from building our lives around God's promises that never change. Parents, if you'll build your home around God's promises and teach your children to build their life on God's promises, you will set them up to experience a life of joy and happiness that they cannot get anywhere else. That is the source of a joy-filled life. David wanted us to know that, and he wrote it to us as God instructed him. You see, I wrote in my notes this, the roadmap to joy begins with learning to trust God's Word completely. That's where it begins. Now moving on to verses 10 through 19. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. I want you to underline that, would you please? The plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all of mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on the earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine." I don't have time to to just go in and break that whole passage out for you. But if there was a summary that I would give you for those 10 verses together, the summary would be this, and it is principle number three. And that is God's plan will prevail at every level. And the psalmist talks about God's plan prevailing in terms of the peoples, in terms of the nations, in terms of the entire earth, in terms of individual people. No king is saved by the size of his army. Why? Because if you march your army in defiance to God's plan, guess what? You won't prevail because eventually God's plan prevails. That's the way God set it up. And that's why we can hope and trust in it and have security in it because we actually know What's going to happen? We might not know the details of what's going to happen, but we actually know what prevails. 
Now, as I was thinking and praying about this, I realized that perhaps the most important question and the most often asked question that you and I ask in this life, you could wrap up in just two words. What prevails? Think about it for a minute. If you're going to invest in the stock market, what is it you really want to know? Yeah, You want to know what prevails, right? Of course you do. Because you're going to invest in things that you think are going to prevail. If you're building a house and you're selecting materials for your house, and let's just say you're getting ready to put, to put a wood floor in, you know what you really want to know? You want to know what floor prevails. Because you don't want to put a wood floor down and three months later it's all filled with dents and it's all scratched up and it looks terrible. Because then you recognize, no, it didn't prevail. But you want to put in something that's going to prevail. All the way through. If when you stop and think about it, you're raising your children and you're trying to decide what sort of methodologies are we going to use to raise our children. You know what you're really asking yourself? What kind of parenting prevails? Now God wants us to know right up front. If you're interested in what prevails, God says, check out my will. Because it's going to prevail. So I learned from that, that if I could get my life in alignment with God's will and recognize what God's doing on this earth, and I can get my life in alignment with that, then guess what? I'm on the side that prevails. Because it's going to win. God's will is going to prevail. And the great thing about God's will, it's designed for our happiness. Golly, how can you lose with that? You're not only going to win, you're going to enjoy the trip. You're going to enjoy the entire experience of life. And that's what God wants us to see. That happiness is not something that everybody has to discover for themselves. That's a myth in this world. And it's a myth that leads so many people down dead ends. But God says, you know what I've got? I've got happiness right down there. And I've got a roadmap right here that I'm leading you to. And you're going to experience more and more happiness as you move in that direction. And when I give you a command, it's not a command to take away happiness. It's a command to keep you directed and protected so that you have maximum joy in this life. As Jesus said, I tell you this so that you might have my joy in you and that your joy may be complete. I couldn't remember the name of the company. I just remember a few years ago that there was a company whose tagline on their commercials was, you've got our word on it. Maybe some of you can help me out after church. But you know what I found very interesting? I went to Google and I typed in the words, you've got our word on it, and it did not bring up anything with those words. Apparently somebody's word didn't last very long. I just found that absolutely amazing. It was somebody's tagline at some point, and evidently they just didn't stand behind it. You know what God says? You've got my word on it. And when you've got God's word on it, it's more secure than anything else. For the word of the Lord stands firm forever. Now let's see how this psalm wraps up. Verse 20, verses 20 through 22, I believe. We wait in hope for the Lord. 
He's our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Wasn't that such a great prayer? I look at that and I think, we wait and hope for the Lord. You know, you might take this down. You might just take this paper with you. And in, in your daily time, or if you don't have a daily time, at least once in this week, get out this paper and read this to the Lord. And say to Him, Lord, I wait in You. I wait in hope for You. I recognize that You are my help and my shield. And I rejoice in You, for I trust in Your holy name. And then, God, may your unfailing love rest on me and on my life, even as I put my hope in you. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.